Hey friend, it's great to be with you on the Church Tips Podcast, and we are with uh, a guy who's probably become pretty familiar to you, Jeff Deal, who's a professor of worship up at North Central University in Minneapolis, and uh, one of his big claims to fame is he's a former lead singer of Sonic Flood, the uh, Grammy-nominated Dove Award-winning group from back in the day, and uh, we are just thrilled to be able to have partnered with Jeff in the release of the new worship leadership track. Jeff, say hi to the group today. Man, Dick, I'm so pumped. I mean, I got to be honest, like if you're watching this right now, you better buckle your seatbelts because I I am pumped up. I'm excited. I believe that God is with us and we're going to be sharing some things today that are going to touch your life and encourage you. I want to tell you, uh, Jonathan came up and joined uh, Jeff and I for a time of prayer right before we started this podcast. And uh, so, yeah, he's absolutely right. We really believe the Lord has some great things in store for us. And um, so we're going to we're going to jump into the whole the general topic. But you're going to go drill in on, on what is worship. But before we do, I just want to remind everyone that we are now live with the worship leadership track. Uh, we opened it up last Thursday and uh, had phenomenal response. And uh, you need to click the link here in, in the show notes and jump over and take a look at um, the uh, worship leadership track uh, inside of Church University. Uh, this is going to help you as a lead pastor. It's going to help you as a worship leader really uh, take your worship to the next level as the Lord continues to guide you. So uh, Jeff was the presenter throughout the, the whole course, and uh, we're pumped. So anyway, uh, let's jump right into the subject. We want Jeff to be able to just answer questions. We sent uh, uh, emails out asking for your questions, and uh, we've got a boatload of them here over the next few days, and we're going to just start with them today. And this first one is the true heart of worship is focused on and responding to what? Jeff, take it, take it away. Man, I mean, you know, I love the fact that we have kind of asked questions. We've got people engaged. Hey, look, this isn't us just going, hey, we've got all the answers. You know, uh, we have done study. I have just scoured the Bible and like, like life experience here, uh, Holy Spirit direction, all those things. But this is really a collaboration. It's a collaboration with me and and Dick and Church University and Leaders.Church, all that stuff. It's also a collaboration with you because you are out there. You're doing this as well. And God has been speaking to you. So part of this is, is so good because you're asking questions. Sometimes when you're asking the questions, you're actually, you actually know the answers too. So you're kind of baiting us into this like, hey, what is worship to you? I'm kind of checking out. Is this course really, really, you know, from the Lord? Does it really have the answers that we're looking for and that type of thing, right? So when I define worship, Worship, I want to define it in a biblical sense. We understand that, um, you know, worship is more than just music, right? That's, that's one of the most foundational things, but we've all got to agree on that. And I do think there is a misunderstanding on this, this point because there's a lot of folks, and, and I've, I've even been challenged to shift the way that I speak about worship. I will now say when we come into a service, Instead of saying, hey, let's worship the Lord, I might say something like, hey, let's spend some time in musical worship. Because we understand that worship is not just music. It's not just those 15 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes before the sermon, right? It's not just the time of singing, but nor is it not that time, right? Because music can or worship can be musical, 
And it is a part biblically of what we do, the way we express our love to God by singing, you know, singing out a new song. It's a command to worship the Lord. But it's more than that. We know that worship is a lifestyle. In fact, if your songs are uh, somehow contrary to your life, if my songs are contrary to my life, you look at Amos 5, uh, verses 21 and following that talk about this idea that God doesn't even want to hear our musical worship if our lives are not uh, in line with the lyrics, right? It says he'd rather have a flood of righteous living and justice. That's what the word says. So that's worship. We know that Uh, in James, it says what true worship is, right? Another definition of what James says is that true worship is taking care of orphans and widows and remaining uncorrupted by the world, both of those things, right? We also know that worship, this is another popular understanding of what worship is, is that worship is our life response to a revelation of, of who God is, right? Revelation is not just knowledge. It's knowledge that God has given us. So it's understanding in the mind that drops into the heart, that drops into the spirit. So it's bigger than just knowledge. It's greater than knowledge, but it's a revelation that has to happen to us. And then we respond. So worship is our response to who God is. Hey, it might be that we respond in song. It might be that we respond by lifting our hands, but it also might be that we love our wives better. We love our husband better. We love our children better because those are also acts of worship. Wow. That is so good, Jeff. That really is so good. You know, we had another question turned in. It was a couple down the line there from what you and I were looking at that ties to this what do you call a definition or the purpose of worship? I mean, you were, you were just, you were on the edge of it there. Yeah. Uh, can you flesh that out a little bit, the definition and purpose? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the ideas of purpose, we know that the number one purpose of worship is to bring God glory, right? I mean, especially as we're talking about musical worship in a service, and that is what we're getting at. We want you to understand that we understand that worship is more than just music, but we do want to help you with this musical side. What happens in our church services? How do we gather together? Because there's nothing like a song that brings us together. Other forms of art are also worship, right? You could paint a picture to to God to, to express your love for Him. You could write a poem to God. You could write a short story and it could be worship to God. But only music is something that we can do together. So it's a beautiful thing as we come together and talk about this thing called musical worship. But when you think about the purpose of worship, number one purpose is to give glory, to bring glory to God, to lift him up, to respond to him for all of his goodness. He started this, right? He started the first domino. The first domino was tipped by God. He came out of heaven. Well, first he created us to walk in fellowship with him, right? Back to the garden, walking and talking with God right? That's our purpose. That's why we were created, to be in fellowship with God. Not to be in a Bible study 24 hours a day, but to do life with God. That's one of the main purposes of our life, right? So, but our response to Him, He has loved us, therefore we must respond in loving Him. And part of how we do that is through our musical worship. It's not the only way, but it is an important way. It's a way that God has deemed important. So if you think, ah, it's not important, it's important to God because he created us. I would say this, he wired us 
to worship. And so if we refuse to worship, we actually are like shooting ourselves in the foot. So I'll give you one other, one little other thought on this purpose of worship. Number one purpose, give glory to God. But what if I told you that, that worship is not for God? And what I mean by is, yes, worship is to God. Worship has got to be about God. It can't be about me. It can't be for, it can't uh, be to me, directed to me. But guess what? God has given us this act of worship and it changes us. And I'll ask you this question. And you'll probably hear this throughout the course uh, once you get it. But you'll, I'll ask you this question. Who's changed more when we worship God? God or me? Obviously, I'm changed more. God has not changed. God does not need our worship. He wants our worship. He wants fellowship with us. But I need to worship God. So when I refuse to worship God, it's me who's negatively impacted by that, right? Yep. And when yep. I yep. do worship God, even when I don't feel like it, come on, man, somebody like Paul and Silas <laughs> in the prison, they said about yep. midnight, they began to lift up a song to God. And we know the story. Yep. Chains broke, prison doors flew open, the jailer's family got saved. Life was changed forever for Paul and Silas and everyone in their uh, area right there. Absolutely. Wow. That is so good. We uh, we just uh, came across that at the church I'm part of, uh, the pastor preaching through the book of Acts. And boy, we came across Paul and Silas. And wow, that was you just painted the greatest picture there. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here, and I'm going to send you into the deep end of the pool here. Uh, we've got this, um, a person asking the question uh, on the differences of worship. So while here, here's how she couches it. While praise songs are great, so are songs which testify of the goodness and grace of God. What a friend we have in Jesus was the first which came to mind for this person and their concern that younger students are lacking what some of the former students, I presume that she means older students, have understood about theology. Can you just, I mean, you know, this is the whole worship war thing and the different, can you just talk a little bit about that, the praise songs and the traditional songs? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Here's the thing, right? We know, um, we know that the, the, the New Testament doesn't talk as much about musical worship. I think the New Testament assumes a lot because the Old Testament talks about it so much. But there are a couple of key passages that deal with this type of thing. We, there, I believe there is a misunderstanding about uh, hymns. Maybe we would say older songs versus newer songs. Now, I know there's some frustration. Is there scripture? Is there, you know, is scripture in our new songs? Are new songs too me-focused? Are they not God-focused? And I understand that. Here's the thing. We can't get distracted by the these and the thous and the poetry of the old songs, all right? It's so important. I challenge you. I challenge every person watching this podcast right now. I challenge you to go and do a study on modern worship songs and see how many lines in the modern worship songs are filled with scripture. I'm telling you, there is so much scripture in our modern worship songs. Now, it might be uh, put together in a different way than we're used to from the older songs, but I'm telling you, you can find line after line after line. Now, it might not say thee and thou and maybe be as poetic as what we're used to with older songs, but I'm telling you, if you will look, there are there's so much scripture in the new songs. Now, here's something I would tell you from the Bible, all right? <clears throat> we know Ephesians 5, 
verse 19, it gives us three uh, pieces or three parts of what worship songs we have. And there are three types of worship songs that we should have incorporate into our personal time with God and into our services. And I'll confess, I need to work on evening this out in my own life. All right, listen to this. What does it say? Uh, Ephesians 5 verse 19, it says, Then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Now listen, guys, I'm telling you, (laughs) there's three things right there. And people misunderstand. When we're talking about psalms, we're talking about singing verbatim scripture. Now, this is one of them I think we're missing. We're missing actually singing verbatim scripture. I've done this sometimes. I've, I've brought a Bible verse up and I was about to read it. And I felt like the Lord said, Jeff, I don't want you to read it. I want you to sing it. And I'm like, Lord, really? Like, like sing the word? Yes, I sang the word over the microphone verbatim. You know, it doesn't fit perfectly with all the rhythms and everything. But it was so powerful for me to sing verbatim the word of God. We're singing uh, psalms to God. Then the second category is hymns. Now, what you have to understand is we think hymns are the songs that were written in the 1600s, the 1700s, the 1500s, that type of thing. Actually, the category of hymns is all songs that are written by humans to glorify God, okay? This is what a hymn is. So modern worship songs are also hymns. The old hymns have verses and choruses. Our new songs have verses and choruses and bridges as well. So we can't restrict the term hymn just to old songs. We just have new hymns as well. And then the third category of songs is spiritual songs. These are spontaneous worship songs. This is me singing my heart to God. And I'm telling you, it's so powerful if you can get your congregation to begin to sing their own songs. It's like asking them to sing their prayers. Something changes when we get our eyes off the script. Hey, the script is great. The words on the screen are great, right? But it's just like when you get a Hallmark card. The professionals have written poems and things that are so nice, but then your grandma sent you a happy birthday card and it has a nice handwritten note on the back, right? You flip it over, it's there, it's written, and it's straight from her. And there's something special not to downplay the impact of the poetry in the car that's professionally written, the songs that are professionally written, but there's something special when you begin to sing your own song to God. It's spiritual songs. Psalm 22, verse 3, you know this verse. Oh man, listen to this. It says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Well, that word praise, that Hebrew word is actually tehillah. And tehillah means to sing a spontaneous song to the Lord. So we need to involve those three types of songs. We don't need to just worry about old songs or just new songs. Last thing I'll say is I love what Bob Sorge says. He says it this way, old songs gather and new songs propel. Let's go. There you go. Man, that is great, Jeff. That is great. You know, we've got just a couple minutes left here. I want to take a shot here at one more question here. Okay. Um, you explain, Can you explain the difference between praise and then worship? Rather than simply thinking they mean fast and slow songs, can you kind of flesh that out a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say to start off that there is some element of truth to that, right? The praise song has like a celebratory element to it. It's like, 
we're dancing, we're celebrating, we're praising. This is a heart of gratitude. You know, we're explosive. We might be just all out, all over the place. There are Hebrew words for praise for that too. There's the word halal, which means to worship clamorously foolish, right? They just can't contain our love for God, our praise, our adoration. It's just filling our hearts and it's exploding out. We're, we're, and it's not, a, it's not a solitary expression, right? We're all together. We're like, man, who knows? Maybe there's a, a, a train running around, people just dancing and celebrating God. Maybe they're in a circle, going in circles together, but we're acknowledging each other. There's unity happening in these praise songs, right? And then there's this worship moment. I, I think this also has to do with the, the, the courts, right? You, co- you come into the, the courts and you, you have these different levels of coming into the presence of God, right? The outer courts, the inner courts, and the holy of holies. It feels like the praise songs are kind of like the beginning, right? We're coming in with thanksgiving and praise. The doors are open. The gates are open. And we begin to praise him out of faith. We don't feel like it sometimes, but we do it anyways. We glorify our God. And as we do that, it brings us deeper into his presence, deeper into the courts of the Lord, and to the point where we begin to enter into the holy of holies, right? Man, I'm telling you, it's like worship allows us that worship song allows us to go deep. Now, some people want to skip the outer courts and skip the inner courts and go right to the Holy of Holies. I totally get that. And sometimes I think we can do that. But guys, we've got to stop doing that all the time. It's so important to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Come on, somebody. And then we're going to get into, as we unleash, as we let go, as we celebrate, there's a connection that begins to happen relationally with our God. And we come into the Holy of Holies. Check out this verse uh, from Second Chronicles 20, 18 and 19. This is where King Jehoshaphat right? It's led the people to fast and pray because they're getting attacked by an enemy and they don't know what to do, right? And so this is what it says in verses, uh, chapter 20, verse 18 and 19. It says, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord, all right? And we agree it's not just fast songs versus slow songs, but Here's an opportunity. It shows, oh, they're bowing low with their faces to the ground and they were worshiping the Lord. Then in verse 19, it says, then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood and uh, stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Okay, so I mean, there, there it is right in there in those two verses, right? And it's kind of the opposite of what I said, you know? I think this can happen too. You might move from the, from the, uh, the Holy of Holies to a place of just revelation of God's beauty and begin to celebrate and dance out of that. So it could be bowing low in our worship songs, humble, reverence, quiet, still, and then praise songs. You're overwhelmed by His goodness and you begin to stand and shout and give Him glory. That is so good, Jeff. Man, that is, I mean, you have covered, you've covered a bunch of territory with those uh, questions, and we really appreciate you taking time uh, to do so. Is there any, a, a parting shot you want to make, or do you think you got it covered there? Yeah, I got one, one last thing I'll share. I think it's really important to understand the place that we really need to start, or at least end up and emphasize the most. You have this concept of, of um, seeking God's face, 
versus seeking his hands. And, and, and many of us have heard this concept, but the idea of seeking his hands is simply about seeking him for what he can do for us. And that is awesome. We need him to do things for us. We need him to change us. We need to, him to help us, to heal us. But many people stop short and all they do is seek his hands. I'm telling you, the Bible says that Moses talked face to face with God, just like a man talks with a friend. And God is calling each one of us, not just to seek him for what he can do for us, but first and foremost, to seek him for who he is. Come on, man. If I if my kids came to me and all they wanted was, Dad, can I have the car keys? Dad, what, what's for dinner? Dad, can you help me with my homework? Dad, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Our relationship wouldn't be very deep or sincere. But when they come, my little daughter, Clara, comes and jumps up on my knee and says, Daddy, I love you, and kisses me on the cheek. And I think to myself, what do you want, girl? And she just skips away. Man, that's where relationship is. She sought my face, not my hands. And of course, when someone seeks my face, I want to give them my hands as well. Yeah, so good, so good. Well, listen, uh, friends, we hope you've uh, found good value. I certainly have just in uh, in the uh, conversation here with Jeff in the whole subject of what is worship. And uh, we're going to be, the next few days, we're going to be answering more of your questions. And uh, we certainly encourage you to, you know, the uh, the worship leadership course is now live. We encourage you to go to uh, churchuniversity.com and just go up to the upper right-hand a corner, there's a blue button that says learn more. And uh, when you click that, that's going to give you all the information. You're going to see the uh, the video of uh, Jeff right at the top. And uh, we are so excited about this. We know for pastors and for worship leaders, this course truly has the ability to take your church to brand new levels, for your people to get more engaged in church and um, and then set the stage for, the, for the word to come forth. So uh, I thank Jeff for all that he's done in making it possible and certainly encourage you to go to churchuniversity.com. And uh, by the way, this thing is all this week up through Thursday, uh, slated at two thirds off. So it's literally a $1,497 uh, resource that you can get for only $497. And we've got uh, six month and 12 month payment plans. So go to churchuniversity.com, pick it up and you'll be really glad you did. Thanks Jeff for hanging out with us and uh, uh, the listeners and viewers, we appreciate you being with us and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Make it a great one today and be blessed. Hey, Jonathan here, real quick before you go. Everything in your ministry rises and falls on your leadership. So investing in your leadership is essential to staying healthy and growing the ministry. And that's why I want to invite you to join us inside the Leaders.Church membership. This online streaming service for pastors gives you access to more than 300 videos plus training material to level up your leadership and improve your ministry skills. If you'd like to do that, I want to invite you to go to leaders.church slash boost. Again, that's leaders.church slash boost. Well, thanks again for joining us on the Church Tips Podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.